Hello, I'm Joey Morgan. And I'm Carly Ross-Seibert. And welcome to Retail Is Podcast. The official Retail Alliance podcast where we talk about all things retail in Hampton Roads. Well, good morning. We're joined here with Kate Baker, a lobbyist with the Virginia Retail Federation. Kate, how are you doing? Good. How are you all doing this morning? Oh, very well. Thanks for joining us. Very we're good. happy yeah. to be here. Good. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do? So I am one of the lobbyists for Virginia Retail Federation. I, along with Jody Roth, represent retailers across the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we do most of our lobbying at the Virginia General Assembly, which is the state version of Congress, if you want to call it that. And that's what you came to really talk to us about today is the upcoming General Assembly, yes. right? Yes. The General Assembly session starts uh, next Wednesday, January 8th. So um, this year we have a quote-unquote long session, which will go to the beginning of March. Uh, obviously, Virginia General Assembly session is very short compared to other General Assembly sessions, so everything moves very quickly. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work during those 60 days. You're up there like every day, yeah. not just working on one yeah. at a time either. It's like you're, you're juggling. <clears throat> juggling lots of different issues every day. Sometimes at the same time, there'll be committee meetings going on and Jody and I are split up. One dealing with one issue in a committee meeting and the other dealing with another committee meeting at the same time. So, so yeah. So- it's been a long time since high school. Can you refresh <laughs> me? What The General Assembly, what is that again? So the General Assembly is essentially the state's version of Congress. It's You have a House and Senate, and it's where laws are made for the Commonwealth of Virginia. So a lot of people focus on what's going on in D.C., but in actuality, what really impacts your day-to-day business and your day-to-day life is what's going on in your state government. So when you're up there, mm-hmm. you're working on the Virginia Retail Federation. I presume then that uh, you focus on retail. Yes. So we have a retail focus, but a lot of the issues that we cover um, deal with business in general. Um, there is a retail focus, and but there's not many specific bills that go just towards retail. So any bill that impacts business impacts the retail business as well. Mm-hmm. So we work. We have a strong coalition with other business groups. That we work on a lot of different issues together. Okay. So how how do you know what stance you're supposed to take then on any of these bills? What are you fighting for? Uh, well, we're fighting for our members and what's best for them. We have a legislative policy that's been developed by our legislative committee for the past <clears throat> probably 20 years, um, and it has our stances on different issues. Um, our legislative committee votes on the policy every year. We really haven't made many changes to it in recent history because it's so broad. It covers so many different things. So when we're at the General Assembly session during session, Jody and I have our marching orders. We don't have to go back to our legislative committee and board and say, hey, where are we on this particular issue? Now, if it's something that's not necessarily covered in the policy, we will reach out to our board and get them to vote on where we stand on an issue. But most of the issues we see, we see every year. Okay. So, yeah. so, so real quick, what, what is it that you're actually doing there? Like, what is your job? How are you helping get these laws passed or not passed? Or what are you doing? What's your day-to-day activity like? So day-to-day activity during the session is meeting with legislators in their offices, talking with them in the hallway, anywhere we can get 
to have a conversation with a legislator on a specific issue that's coming up probably that day. Since Virginia moves so quickly, I mean, it is a day-to-day thing. We'll talk to somebody maybe in the morning about House Bill 273, and then later that afternoon, talk to that same person about a different bill because things move so quickly. Um, so we're having those conversations wherever we can. And then we also testify during committee meetings in public about where we stand on issues. Okay. All right. So that's how you help. Like, what do you, what kind of tools do you need? Like, do you need retailers to give you any yes. help? What, what, what Good question. <laughs> um, it's very important that our members get engaged, especially this year. Um, we are going to have probably an uphill battle this year with session. Um, there's going to be lots of uh, new bills introduced that could really impact business in general and retail business specifically. Um, so how our members can get engaged is either by reaching out to me personally, which our members <clears throat> have my contact information. They can get engaged by um, actually taking action when we send out action alerts. And when we send out these action alerts, action needs to be taken probably within 24 hours. Like I said, session moves very quickly, so they're taking votes very soon and they need to hear from you. So when we send out an action alert, it's usually to request that a member reach out to a legislator on a specific issue. Mm -hmm. And this year we're using a new tool um, to make it easier for our members to reach out to legislators, um, either by email or by phone call. Um, so hopefully that will get some more engagement for our members on issues that are super important to them. Very interesting. Also providing stories to me, if you're unable to come up and testify or you don't want to reach out to a legislator because you just don't have the time, but you want to send me a story of how a specific issue impacts you, I use that during testimony or conversation with legislators. So your members, who are your members? Our members are <clears throat> retailers across the Commonwealth. A lot of them are from Retail Alliance and Hampton Roads. So if you're listening to this, you're yes. probably a member. You're a member, yeah. So if you're a member of Retail Alliance, you're a member of Virginia Retail Federation. Um, we also have membership with Retail Merchants Association in Richmond. All of their members are members of Virginia Retail Federation. And then we have our national members that have locations across the Commonwealth, as well as some other members across the Commonwealth. Okay, so it's just retail. retail it's just of all re size. Yes, retail of all size. We have the biggest of the big and the smallest of the small, and they all work together on these issues because they're all impacted by them. Okay. All right. If you don't have any more questions, Kylie, right now, I'd love to hear about some of the uh, upcoming bills that are really going to impact retailers this session. Yeah, sure. So last year we had about 150 bills that we tracked. Um, that's a pretty big bill list to be tracking. Uh, this year, we don't have as many so far, but they're still introducing pieces of legislation, so we expect to see our list to grow. Um, so far, we've seen legislation introduced on raising the minimum wage, anywhere from immediate raising to $15 an hour, or um, there's some that are scaled out over several years, raising it to $15 an hour. We have seen legislation. Well, just talk about that for a second. Yeah. I know that there's been a couple of news stories about yes. wage increase mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, uh, I would say, very sort of wide opinions right. on this. Um, and where we stand is always pro business. Right. So, so what we, does that mean? 
we have a pro-business stance. Um, we have always opposed a minimum wage increase, and we will continue to oppose a minimum wage increase. The majority of our membership pays well above minimum, the current minimum wage rate, but they've made that decision based on lots of different factors and not the legislature telling them what they have to pay their employees. So right now, you know, if you're paying $10 an hour to your employees, but offering other benefits, if the minimum wage is raised to $15 an hour, it's going to create wage compression for your employees that are making more than $15 an hour because they're going to want to raise too. Mm. It might cause you to have to eliminate some jobs. It might cause you to have to eliminate some other benefits that cost money as well. So, I mean, what what my job is, is explaining to legislators how that raise in minimum wage will impact our members. Mm-hmm. So like a major ripple effect. Yes, it will. Business. It, it can be a major ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Some businesses may be able to absorb it. I highly doubt that that big of a jump to $15 an hour, any business will be able to absorb it. That's a big, big jump. Right. What is it now currently? Seven twenty-five. Oh yeah. yeah. So almost doubling. Well, mm-hmm. more than doubling. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. Um, there was a survey that was done quite recently, but yeah, um, it looked like very sort of varied answers mm-hmm. uh, within that of what you know people are, are generally paying right. anyway. Very few are paying the actual minimum wage, um, and if they are, it's normally a training wage, mm-hmm. and so a lot of these pieces of legislation don't take into account a training wage the age of the actual employee. Um, so that's one of the things that we've seen in other states is that this can impact younger employment. Absolutely. Because people are going to want to pay $15 an hour for high school. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're already paying that for a manager. Right. So then what they're going to have to be. Yes. You know, yeah. Really, Correct. It changes the whole whole dynamic. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. So sorry, I wanted to focus on that. No, yeah. No, that's, there's been some discussion. Yes, there's been a lot of discussion. There will continue to be a lot of discussion. Um, and the whole role of Jody and I at the General Assembly and outside of the General Assembly is to explain to legislators exactly this, like how it does impact our members, have these conversations, um, and use examples from our members that they have given us, like, hey, if this goes to $15 an hour, we're potentially going to have to lay off X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. So beyond that, I know that's one major part, but there's yeah. a lot of other things. What else? So um, one of the other issues is right to work, um, which deals with unionization of employees and um, businesses. If the employees decide to unionize and then the business says, well, in order to become an employee, you have to be a member of a union. Um, right now, that's not allowed in Virginia. People can unionize, but it can't be a requirement of employment. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about eliminating right to work. Um, and then there's also been a lot of talk about fair share, which is supposed to be the compromise. Instead of eliminating right to work, what you're doing is you are required to pay the union your fair share, but you don't have to become a member. So you're still having to pay for employment. So we we will be opposing that, and there will be a huge contingency of business groups that will be opposing that. Um, another issue that we will be dealing with is paid leave. Um, last year, we saw several different iterations of different paid leave uh, legislation that was introduced, and we've already seen several different types of paid leave legislation introduced this year. Um, last year, there was anywhere from a mandatory 
you know, a certain number of days of paid leave mm -hmm. to kind of an insurance program of paid leave where it's a payroll tax. Okay. So your employees will be paying a percentage of their payroll tax with every pay check that they get. And then the employer potentially will be paying a payroll tax as well. So you're paying into this system mm -hmm. and then you can take the paid leave from the system. Yeah. Well, American, like we're notoriously bad at taking our paid leave. Correct. So what happens to the money in the system? If it nobody, stays there as far as I know. Who gets yeah. it? <laughs> Does it stay there for it you? It just stays there. Yeah. Uh, so you're, I mean, uh, you are forfeiting. Mm -hmm. The understanding of the program is you will be forfeiting that oh. money. Is it for any employee or would you like full time? It depends on, it depends on the bill. There's lots of different versions of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that sounds complicated. Yes. It sounds, it <laughs> sounds very complicated. It all sounds complicated. Um, <laughs> it does. So, you know, we will continue to explain to legislators how this can impact our members, uh, both big and small. Yes. Yeah. School Rockhouse like, song. This is that the School Rockhouse? School Rockhouse. Yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. I need, I need one of those songs <laughs> set up along with all this. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of this is you want businesses to have a choice. Yeah. That's, that's our big, that is our big um, push is that the business should be able to decide what's best for their business. Right. And you, the economy dictates what's going to happen there. I mean, if you want to be successful and have good employees, typically you are going to pay a higher wage. Yeah. Um, but when you're just starting out, you might not be able to afford to pay more than seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah. And so this increase won't matter how long you've been in business how big your business is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's another issue that is typically uh, retail specific, which is the felony threshold for grand larceny. It's been around for a long time. So we had a big push to defeat any increase in that for years, years and years. And then two years ago, what was it, uh, it was 250. Okay. And then explain this for me. What is Sorry. This? So yeah. Well, I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's I, really interesting I, to me. This one you know this so I know, well. Yes, it's hard I for you to, that, yeah. Yes. So the felony threshold for larceny is what you can basically steal from a retailer um, up to, and if you steal over a certain amount, then it'll become a felony. If you steal under a certain amount, it's a misdemeanor. Now, so in Virginia, it used to be two hundred and fifty dollars, and so if you stole two hundred and forty nine dollars mm -hmm. it was a misdemeanor if you stole 250 it was a felony i'm always curious about this i don't know if you'll know the answer yeah do they include tax in this <laughs> okay i don't think so like a, a, a really clever thief would have a calculator right. like yes. uh, do they have to calculate the sales yes. tax when they're doing no. this <laughs> no so i mean this has been going on for years that there virginia was one of the lowest states in the country and there was a big push to increase it so i believe it was two years ago that they increased it to 500 dollars with the understanding that it wouldn't be touched for a long time. Um, and now this year we have seen at least three bills so far introduced. One would increase it to 750, one would increase it to 1500 and one would increase it to $2,000. So that sounds like it would negatively impact business, small businesses. Well, yeah, I mean, it would negatively impact any business, any size business. Right. I mean, this is a huge deal. Not just for the one person that's stolen one-offs and they get caught. I mean, that is a big deal and they shouldn't be stealing. But what this does is it opens up Virginia to organized retail crime. 
first years, because our threshold was so low, organized retail crime would avoid Virginia because they knew that if they got caught, they were going to get charged with a felony, typically. Um, now, if it increases to $2,000, Virginia's ripe for organized retail crime to come in. Right. So do you have, and I know this is a question you may not be able to answer, mm -hmm. but do we know how the um, like the police and so on and courts, like, how do they feel about this? Um, it, it just depends on, I mean, in the years past, there's been lots of different ideas. Um, the Commonwealth attorneys, I believe, I can't remember where they were on the increase to $500, but I mean, the argument's been that it was clogging up the court system with things that should have been a misdemeanor. And that's why they raised mm -hmm. it to $500. So I'm not sure where anybody stands on these particular issues. Okay. Yeah. But it's interesting that point you were saying, does, you know, if you have for something for $250, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get a larceny charge against you. Mm -hmm. That's, that would clog up the court system. Yeah. How many of those I imagine it wasn't, are. I imagine it just seems like something not all the people know about that would be stealing. You'd be so surprised. Would, would I? You'd yeah. be surprised. I guess. You'd be surprised. People have gotten caught stealing in Virginia, up in the D.C. area, mm -hmm. the northern Virginia area, thinking that they were either in D.C. or Maryland. Oh. And, not, and when they were arrested, said, oh, my gosh, I'm actually in Virginia. I mean, they knew that the threshold was a lot lower. Yeah. <laughs> you would be surprised. That, that is crazy. You were saying like two years ago it was two fifty. Now and then, well, sorry, it went to five hundred. Yeah. Do you feel like it's now like open the doors and it's just gonna give a mouse a cookie now? But yes, exactly. <laughs> I, it, it is going to be something that the Virginia Retail Federation opposes. I mean, no matter what, no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a very negative thing for our members. Mm -hmm. Um. So some other issues that we've seen introduced. Um, and we saw last year one piece of legislation specifically had to do with sales tax increase in a particular county, which we opposed. Um, the county wanted to increase sales tax by one penny to pay for school renovations. And they had support of the business groups in that particular area. Um, and uh, the citizens of that area. And the reason that we opposed it is because we were concerned that what we're going to see is lots of different counties coming over the next several years with needs to increase sales tax for other issues. So what that creates is a patchwork of different sales taxes across the Commonwealth of Virginia. Mm. And what have we seen this year? We've already seen two different pieces of legislation introduced that deal with increasing sales tax in two separate counties. It seems like an easy way to get money. It is. It's, I mean, that... Yeah. That's how we get, yeah, how they right. get money. Right. But, but as you say, like if it's done once somewhere, right. it's going to spread everywhere. It's going to spread everywhere. It causes cross-border sales. It, it oh, is yeah. also difficult for members that have multiple different locations. If we start seeing different sales taxes across... Well, that's what was the, happening with online sales tax anyway, when you're going across borders. So right. Now, at least you had that piece of... Right. And then we still have online sales tax, which that was passed last year. That was our huge lift last year to level the playing field between brick and mortar and online retailers. Right. So now that's implemented. Mm -hmm. How did that affect in the local county? Did they think that that was something completely separate just for their own area? Yeah. I mean, getting, it, getting another source of income. So right. the online sales tax wasn't going to help 
Right. The online sales tax is state. Okay. And then they get a piece to the local, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's how it's split. Yes. This one penny of sales tax increase will go directly to the county. Yeah. Interesting. So with the online sales tax Mm -hmm. for the Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, is there any changes or anyone sort of arguing against that or is it now implemented and that's it for ever? Well, I mean, there could always be changes to it. There just like there are changes through, throughout history to all different pieces of the Virginia Code. Um, I Knock on wood, there has not been any discussion of changes as of now. Now, we may see legislation. Um, I think any changes would probably be tweaks and not some big overhaul to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good news for everybody. Yes, but we you know, will continue to monitor that and make sure that our members are protected. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Um, some other issues that we see every year and I've already seen introduced have to do with environmental mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so you can see bans for plastic bags, paper bags, polystyrene, straws, single-use plastic in general. Um, and we've always opposed to those bans because our members, a lot of our members have made the choice to not use those items anymore mm-hmm. but again it's about choice and mm-hmm. the business being able to make that decision themselves and, and i mean when you regard it you're looking at the cost to your business correct so you know moving away from plastic bags is an, an additional cost possibly Could to, to have yes. alternatives yes so that's what you're sort of looking at we're so looking at the cost of popular opinion right um but if it's not a popular opinion our members can make the choice to invest in that and invest in the environment and make that choice to be good stewards of the environment, Mm -hmm. which is what many of them have done. That's good to know. Yeah. So also, and I know there's something that I've seen come up time and time again, Mm -hmm. is this whole shopping cart. I was hoping you'd get to that. We have this this list of paper in front of us. Yeah. It it has shopping carts, and I was just really hoping you'd get to that one. So I want to know what that means. So um, last year and over years before that, there has been legislation introduced that deals with shopping carts being um, dumped outside of a retailer's store, maybe in a creek or just left on the side of the road. And what this particular piece of legislation does is it holds the retailer responsible for somebody stealing their shopping cart and taking it and leaving it. So if the retailer does not come and claim the shopping cart back or if they're or they'll have to pay a fine. That sounds very strange. It's like rewarding the thief. Or at least punishing at least punishing the store owner. Right. Right. Um, These shopping carts are expensive. None of our members want to lose them. A lot of our members have implemented these brake systems to avoid it. People are able to get around those systems. And, um, you know, I mean, if we can come and get the shopping cart back, we're going to come and get the shopping cart back. But our argument is that the retailer shouldn't be fine for somebody stealing their property. Right. Because they're already using the value of the cart. It's an interesting thing. Like, so what... It just makes you wonder, like, what should happen to the cart then if the retailer, like, doesn't pick it up? And a fine? I mean, should the city just dump it, throw it away? Is that the punishment for the I, not grabbing? Well, it? I mean, if it's been dumped in a creek, it's, one of those it's probably things. not usable anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. one of those things that just, ugh. Yeah. That's so it fun. can get messy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, some other issues that we always 
keep a lookout for are ABC issues. Um, there are always bills that want to make tweaks to the ABC code, which is alcohol beverage control. Um, so a lot of our restaurants are concerned with changes in the food to beverage ratio and that kind of stuff. Okay. So we keep our um, members apprised of any proposed changes to that. Um, we ever going to be able to uh, sell liquor in stores here? Is that ever going to be a... I, you mean privatize? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> never, say never, 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 never say never. Never say never. Never say never. That was the biggest shock moving to Virginia for me. Yeah. Not being able to go to Costco or somewhere and get it. And get actual yeah. liquor. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're lucky that you even have wine and beer in supermarkets. Because in Australia... No? Really? They do not care. Wow. They may have introduced it now, but not when I was living there. Mm-hmm. So it felt very strange to me to walk into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so as I said earlier, I mean, we continue to update our members throughout session on these issues. And we send out a weekly email that is, you can, it's your Bible for what happened the week before. What's um, that email called? The retail advocate. Okay. So if you see an email coming through from Virginia Retail Federation and it's during January through March, most likely it is going to be chock full of really important information. And it's important to read through it because you might not know some of this stuff and how it's impacting your business. And it really might open your eyes to, you well, know, with how many bills are out, like, you know, over a hundred. I mean, yeah. There's no way I think that anyone would be able to right. keep track. That's me. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, if, yes. if somebody isn't getting the email for whatever reason, maybe they accidentally unsubscribed or uh-huh. they just don't, how can they get back on that They list? can reach out to me and I can okay. have them Perfect. added back. And also, I think you've got a website. Mm-hmm. VirginiaRetailFederation.com. Okay. Yes. VirginiaRetailFederation.com. Yes. So, yeah, the, the, I think the latest is always up there as well. It should be. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and then, so you'll get that weekly email with kind of a recap of what, happened the previous week and what we expect to see. And then um, there will also be, and I expect to see a lot of that this year because I feel like a lot of stuff is going to get out of committee into four votes, um, which means the entire <coughs> general assembly, if it starts in the house, the entire house will be voting on it in the floor. Um, so you'll see a lot of action alerts, which means we need you to reach out to your legislator. And that means Filling out this form that comes from the email, it's going to be really easy and nice. easy to figure out. There'll be a form letter. You can add your little personal story to it if you would like, or you can send the form letter to let them know that you oppose or you support whatever the piece of legislation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can reach out to them and let them know, hey, I live in your district, so I'm your constituent. You can also reach out to where your business is located and say, my business is located in your district. Okay. I think that's very important. Yeah. And this, that helps. It helps. Steps a lot. It helps so much because it gives a real world example of how something that we deal with in a vacuum of in Richmond is going to impact businesses in Virginia. Sometimes we get Put trapped in this. Yes. We get in our little bubble at the Capitol and it puts a face to you know, House Bill 21. Right. And I think it's important for them to, to see the faces of some of these businesses yes. and, and residents mm-hmm. that they represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's quite a strong story that they can provide. Yeah. But I just have another question, just out of curiosity. Yeah. So you're spending a very, very intense 
couple of months, few months um, mm-hmm. at General Assembly. What do you do for the rest of the year? <laughs> um, the rest of the year, we work on issues all throughout the season. So session ends in March, then we'll have veto session in April. Um, what is that, sorry? Veto session is when we come back and if the governor's vetoed anything or made amendments to anything that's passed, both the House and the Senate, to come back and vote on those amendments for the veto. Um, so then after that, we attend fundraisers, we attend caucus events, we attend national conferences with our peers across the country. So Jody and I have resources across, across the country that we can reach out to on issues like if something has passed in, let's say, California, we can reach out to our counterparts in California and ask how that actually impacted their members and get some statistics from them that we can use in our arguments. Um, and then we work on issues and attend um, stakeholder meetings and there's committee meetings held throughout the year on different things. So, yeah. Well, you sound uh, busy all year and you sound like <laughs> you're going to be very busy yeah. the next uh, few weeks and months. And so I guess the key is that if you see an action alert, please, respond to it. Please, please act. It's super, super important. Yeah. And, and also, it sounds like you're there as a support function for membership yes. of the BRF, which includes the Retail Alliance and yes. Retail Merchants Association. So that's good to know, too, yeah. from an advocacy point of view, how important that is, I think, to our members. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so it sounds like we're not going to really see you no. for a little while. So. Well, well, thank you for all that you do, Kate. Yeah. It was great having you on the show. Thanks. We wish you well. Thank yeah. you. Good, good luck during the General Assembly. Thank you. Thank you.